if you want to be the best, you must outwork the rest. It goes without saying. The greatest work harder than the rest. They train harder. They learn more. They put themselves through more pain, more failures, more no's, more rejections. If your opponent does 10, you do 11. If they do 11, you do 12. If they do 12, you do 13, 14, 15. Sure, some of the greatest have talent, but none of that talent would ever be realized as greatness if they didn't put in the work. On the other side, think of all those with little talent that have created magic with effort. Effort will get you whatever you want in life. Fighting spirit, that's what I'm talking about. That heart that you know is inside you, you just gotta let it out to keep going when life has you on the canvas. When everything seems to be conspiring to stop you, to hold you back, but you say no, you say not today. The strength to fight back, the heart to fight through challenges, and the determination to smash through unexpected obstacles. If you want more than most, you must work harder than most, work smarter than most, learn more than most, get up one more time, more than most. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Testing, testing. They said we couldn't be great. They said you could never get sober. We was doubted. We doubted ourselves. We gave up. But at some point we had to forgive ourselves and dig deep. And from that forgiveness came greatness. Here's the reckoning. The reckoning of fear and the transcendence of love. The year of elevation. No more fear. No more sadness. No more giving up on ourselves. Friends and family, welcome to Sofa is Dope. Let's get it. No fear. Just love. Let's get it. No fear, just love. Let's get it. I promise. Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to the Sober Dope Podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan, and I am really excited. I want to start off by saying a lot of us missed our mark. For our new year resolutions A lot of us started out with promises we made ourselves And we didn't keep those promises A lot of us continue the same behaviors of last year and of yesterday And we fell within the same behavior patterns that 
leads us to a place where we feel sadness, contempt, and resentment for our lives. We feel discouraged and we feel like the world is closing in on us and the walls are closing in and time is running out. I get it. I'm just like you. We're human. We're more than human, but at the bottom, at the base of us, we have, we're human. We're going to have our fears. Our mind is going to play games and our brain is going to try to keep us in that cave, that proverbial cave, so we could be safe. It doesn't want us necessarily venturing out, expanding and trying new things and pushing ourselves to the limit because the brain's job is to protect us and our brain is really primitive. It has not evolved as much as we may think throughout the last thousands of years because the brain still thinks that it's running from that proverbial saber tooth and it wants us to be safe we have all this new stimulus around us so it's real easy to want to just sit home chill and find your comfort zone but we know at the core of all of that we don't want that and we are wired to want more right but the problem is we look at the world and we live through comparison. We look at what our neighbors are doing, what the people in t the media is doing, what TV is showing us, what social media is showing us. And you see other people out there working hard towards their dreams. And, you know, you may look at your life through that lens and feel minimal or feel like discouraged because you probably feel like, well, I can never get to that point. And how do I start and where do I start? It starts in the soul. It starts in your spirit. You have to wake your spirit up. You have to first understand that you are more than this basic human. You are a child of God, an eternal being that has all of the magic of the universe inside of you. And you are living through your human experience. And you have to wake your spirit up and give yourself that second wind of faith and you have to believe in yourself that you are worthy, that you deserve this, and you are highly capable, right? That's the thing. We suffer from this imposter syndrome, and we feel like we're not capable or we're not worthy to express ourselves or to really put ourselves out there. We tend to think, well, what are our friends going to think? How am I going to promote this on social media? How am I going to put myself out there? Am I, is it, it going to be a good look for me? Is it going to make sense? Are people going to laugh at me? Are people going to make fun of me? And I'll tell you this much. A lot of people that we revere and look up to, they didn't care. They they felt the same emotions you did, but they, they had to weigh that insecurity versus... Looking them, looking themselves in the mirror at night and saying, did I give it my all and did I try? And they got up every day and they said they're going to push themselves despite the hecklers, despite the haters, despite the people who play games and the people who sit on the sidelines. Um, you know, success is usually a spectator sport. You see people that's judging you. They're usually spectators and they're judging what you're doing while you're on the road doing your own thing and on your own personal journey towards success. And once you hit that success, you're still going to have those people there that's never going to be happy. They're never going to feel like, you know, you're never probably going to feel like they care. You know, I think a lot of people um, mistake success with 
love and respect. You want people to love you. You want people to respect you also. I was just watching an episode of Billions and um, Mike Prince was um, confronted by the psych, the psychotherapist. And um, and she was like, you know, you just it's not enough to have respect you want them to love you also and he's like i need it all i need the respect i need them to fear me and i need them to also love me and um and the thing is sometimes we need other people's approval to or permission so we could go forth and do what we need to do and i'm here to tell you that that's a backwards way of thinking the people in the world respect those who go out and get it right there's going to be more people who finds empowerment and encouragement from your actions than those who's going to just reward you for sitting home and not following your dreams we were created to create that's my foundational theory surrounding everything with sober is dope a lot of our addiction a lot of our mental health and sadness stems from our inability to um, connect with the creative process within so we have this life where we lack fulfillment we create this internal boredom and this internal emptiness because we are disconnected from our creative process something created us that's mighty something created the sun that's mighty the moon and the stars and in that way we need to find that spiritual spark again so we could go forth and figure out what we were made to create sometimes we look at life in terms of what we were made to do what we were made to um be or what or following a dream of some sort but it all stems from what were you made to create are you are you made to create movies? Are you made to create books? Or are you made to are you to students? Are you here to create students? Or are you here to help people heal? Or you find out your creative calling, your intrinsic talents, the things that wake you up, the things that you naturally are inclined to do, and the things that you're naturally inclined to do in the creative process. This is so important. I think when we look for motivation, we try to like put things in perspective in terms of money and success. And I want to say I made it, but making it is not about how much money you make. It's about how happy you are and what you were able to leave through legacy. Now, legacy is based on your creative, your ability to create. What have you created? What did you leave behind for another human, right? Um, what can you contribute to the universe? Um, why, you know, and it goes back to why were you created? Why are you here? You ask these questions, you find your calling. So that way you can find your motivation and your power again. And this can help you reinvigorate your life and start fresh and start anew. You're listening to Sober is Dope, and I'm really excited. This is part two to our last episode, 2022 Motivational Power Mix. And the reason why I'm doing this is I want us to, again, we're approaching um, spring. We're going to be going into summer soon, and we're coming out of this long winter 
and take that deep breath and let's really reset ourselves and let's really reevaluate what those initial resolutions were and let's bring them back up let's dust off our january 1st um journals let's keep our promises and remember you heard it here on the Sober Stove Podcast. It's never too late to be amazing. That's my thing. That's from Pop Buchanan. Always be creating. That's from Pop Buchanan. And let's really master this life. And let's take it all the way back to the basics. Figure out what you were made to create. Let's make new things. Let's give our lives that primal spark again. Let's rewire our mind and brain. Right? And let's charge our souls so we could be likened unto our creator and and we could feel alive again through purpose i love you all this episode is sponsored by soberdope.net you could visit www.sobersdope.net if you want to get any souvenirs. We have everything from stickers to t-shirts and um, journals or whatever you can imagine we have on the website. We have stuff for everyone, whether it's spiritual, whether it's about recovery, whether it's about being clean. It's not all just centered around sober is dope. It's more centered around recovery, mental health, and the whole theme of healing. So by supporting us at soberdope.net, Net, you'll be helping to spread the message. And just so you know, if you're new, the goal of Sober Stop is to spread the message of recovery to 1 million people within the next five years. So by sharing a t shirt or giving it to someone in need, it can help. Also, we're happy to announce that we have our brand new website, SoberIsDope.com. And that's where you can get the official podcast information. You can get watch videos on our there. You can watch all of our up-to-date, listen to all of our up-to-date episodes. You can leave a review. You can We have a blog now. Um, so really, check out SoberIsDope.com and let me know your thoughts. And don't forget, if you haven't done so, head over to Apple and leave a review for the podcast. Because it really helps us hit our mark to getting closer to 1 million people hearing our message. So if you ever listen to this and it meant something to you, just take a moment, go on your phone, go to Apple Podcast, check out Sober's Dope, leave us a review. It would mean the world to me. And, um, and also on SoberIsDope.com, you could buy me a coffee or you could buy us a coffee. And that's our way of supporting the podcast and being able to venture into doing this full time. Because the goal for me as Poppy Cannon and Sober is Dope is to do this full time. So we can have more resources so we could bring that message to a million people. And we could actually go out there and start hitting the ground running and really bringing more resources to the recovery community. I love you very much much this is a motivational reset part two always be motivating or you want to motivate yourself every day like zig ziglar said you want to be motivated like you want to bathe you have to do it every day i love you all go in peace believe in yourself love yourself connect back with your spiritual calling find your power source today don't give up today. Don't live through comparison. And remember, you was put here specifically to create something awesome, to add value to the universe and to help build God's kingdom. So you are worthy and you are great. Love you all. Catch you on the other side. Let's go. It is not the movement of the clock that produces the newness of life. It is the movement in your mind. 
gonna hear all kinds of things said about you. Throw it behind you. The enemies that you see today, you will see them no more. No weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. Every tongue that rises against you, God will condemn. This is my time. Truth of the matter is, everybody in here is going through a change. You don't have to be ashamed of yours. We are all in the process of transforming to a higher, better expression of myself. Let this be the year that I birth a higher, better expression of myself. Don't let the habits of my past stop me from this metamorphosis. What separates us is transformation. The possibility of change. The desire to evolve. The passion to get up off the ground and stop eating dirt. I'm, I'm tired of doing what I used to do. If I always do what I've always done, I'll always be where I've always been. I'm going to throw it behind me. Somebody in this room that, that nobody would think would be in a church tonight, but you drew them to this place tonight. Because you want them to be a new me and a new year and have a new attitude and a new mind. Because the real battleground is in your mind. That's where the fight is. You lay down with it. You get up with it. You go to work with it. You can't digest your food because of it. Smiling in front of people and nobody knows that there's gunfire going off in your head. It's not a geographical location. It's not debt. It's not money. It's not haters. It's not enemies. It's not liars. It's not backbiters. That's not the battleground. Stop wasting your weapons on what people say because it is not what they say about you that matters it is what you say about you that threatens your destiny you will never be defeated by what they say about you you will be defeated by what you say about you God miraculously Positioned your existence in this time and this age and generation. It's not by chance. Even if you were a surprise to your mama and daddy, you were not a surprise to God. He did not go, oops, how did that one get through the cracks? I mean, I want you to think about it. Your great-great-grandfather with the seven billion plus people that are on the planet, he just happened to find the woman that should be your great-great-grandmother. The two of them came together and had your... Uh, your great-grandfather then your great-grandfather with the seven billion people that are on the planet he just happened to find the woman that should be your great-grandmother they came together and had your grandfather then your grandfather with the seven billion plus people that are on the planet he just happened to find the woman that should be your grandmother the two of them came together and had your daddy and then your daddy with the seven billion plus people that are on the planet he just happened to find the woman that should be your mother and then the two of them came together and this is a little graphic of all the millions of sperm the exact right one joined together with your mother mother's egg to create you there ain't nothing chance about all that my friend 
God constructed that. He maneuvered things so that you and I would be alive in this day and age. It's a miracle that you and I are here. It's a miracle. But if you think it's a miracle that you were born, think of how much more of a miracle it is that you were born again. If you've ever questioned whether or not God has enough patience to handle what happened in the last six weeks of your life or the last year of your life or the last five years or ten years of your life or your whole life, if you're wondering whether or not God can use you after where you've been and what you've done and the decision you've made, listen to me. If he can handle the past few millennia making sure y'all would be in relationship with each other, I'm telling you, he has got your lifetime covered. Got it covered. Amen. Question the patience of God. He saved you, didn't he? But then that's not all. Paul says it's not just because he saved me. But look at the uh, beginning of verse 13. He says, even though I was formerly, somebody say formerly, formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy. Paul gives us three things off of his resume. He says, okay, I'm not going to give you the whole deal, but I'll give you three things off my resume. These are the three things that that described me before I came to relationship with Jesus Christ. But before I write these three things on my resume, Paul says, I need to put a huge title at the top of my resume. And the title is formerly. He says, before I write any of this stuff, I want you to know that these things are who I used to be. They are not who I am anymore. Paul says, if you're wondering whether or not God has enough patience for you, would you remember not only that he saved you, but that he can change you. Salvation is your justification, but changing you, changing me, that's our sanctification. That is the process by which we are made into the image of Christ Jesus. And guess what? Other people physically that are in our lives, they might not stick with us while we change, but there is one who is our sanctifier and will walk with us as we come into this knowing that that we're being called and commissioned to here at Catalyst. God is with you for the long haul while you change, my friend. He sticks closer than a brother. He's the one that is precious Holy Spirit in you. In fact, not only is his spirit with you while you change, but did you know that one of the job descriptions of the Holy Spirit is to change you? Like you don't have to change yourself. The Holy Spirit does the changing for you, 2 Thessalonians 1.13, that he actually sanctifies you. In other words, it is his business to make you and I look more like Jesus. That's his job description. Because I don't know if you've noticed or not, but trying to change yourself from the outside in is hard. And it's exhausting. But change from the inside out. Like if you and I get to the end of our time together um, when this conference is over and if we just say, okay, Lord, gosh, I've written down all these things. There's so much I need to do. There's a legacy I wanna leave. Uh, and I need to change my life to, to enhance that, Lord, and zero in on that. And God, there's a purpose and calling that I want to discover. But, but God, I'm not going to try to change myself from the outside in. I'm going to yield to your spirit, whose job description it is, to change me from the inside out. That's the kind of change that lasts. I dedicate this to you to the greatness in you and to the dream that you showed up on the planet to produce. And it's simply this, if you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, to work day and night for it, 
to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep for it. If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it, and if you gladly sweat for it and fret for it and plan for it, and lose all your terror of the opposition for it, and if you simply go after that thing that you want with all of your capacity, strength and sagacity, faith, hope and confidence, and stern pertinacity, if neither cold poverty, famish or gold, sickness or pain of body and brain can keep you away from the thing that you want, if God and grim, you besiege and beset it. With the help of God, you'll get you it. You have greatness in you. What I'm trying to tell you, beloved, is that you can have a new year, but it don't mean Jack Diddley if you don't have a new mind. I'm telling you that you can buy a new car. But if you put the old man in a new car, you still want to have the old experience. I'm telling you that a new house doesn't make a new marriage. I'm talking about a new outfit doesn't make you a new person. And if you think you are magically going to be a new person, I hate to be the bearer of bad news because new life comes from a new mind and a new way of looking at your life. I cannot step into the future and still think in my past. I cannot let the rumors and the stain of what they said about me destroy my opportunity. Slap somebody and tell them I gotta kill it tonight. I gotta destroy it tonight. I gotta get rid of it tonight. I gotta throw it behind me tonight. I can't drag that same old mess into another year. We're believing for dreams that we want to accomplish problems we're hoping will turn around maybe it's to see our family restored to lose some weight to break an addiction to start our own business but sometimes as it goes on month after month even year after year we don't see anything changing it's easy to get discouraged and think it's never going to happen this is as good as it gets. I'll just learn to live with it. We all go through disappointments, setbacks, loss. Pain is a part of life. It's easy to get discouraged, even bitter. Think, why is this happening to me? Sometimes we look at pieces in our lives that don't make sense. The key is what we do in our times of pain. Pain will change us. Heartache, loss, disappointments, they don't leave us the same. Every painful time, even though you don't like it, it's developing something in you that can only be developed in the tough times. Eventually, that will pass. You'll get through it, but you will be different. In those tough times, when you're uncomfortable, going through a loss, dealing with an illness, you could easily let it overwhelm you. Now, how the pain changes you is up to you. You can come out bitter or you can come out better. You can come out defeated, giving up on your dreams, or you can come out with a new passion, a new fire, excited about the new opportunities in front of you. I may not like it, but I'm not a whiner. I'm a warrior. I know I can handle this. Don't complain about the pain. Without the pain, we couldn't reach the fullness of our destinies.
Sometimes we bring pain on ourselves. We make poor choices, get in a relationship we know is not good, or maybe get over our head in our spending. Now it's painful. We're having to deal with the consequences. All of us experience pain. My challenge, don't just go through it, grow through it. That difficulty is an opportunity to get stronger, to develop character, to gain new confidence. Anybody can give up. Anybody can let it overwhelm you. But you know what that's doing? Wasting your pain. That pain is not there to stop you. It's there to prepare you, to increase you, to develop you. Difficulties are a part of life. Now quit telling yourself you can't take it. You're not weak. You are well able. Eventually the pain will pass. You'll give birth to new strength. Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. There will always be forces trying to convince us to settle where we are. Life has a way of pushing our dreams down. They can become buried under discouragement, buried under past mistakes. There are dreams buried under divorce, buried under low self-esteem. It's easy to settle for mediocrity even though we have all this potential buried on the inside. What are you remembering? The hurt, the pain, what didn't work out? Turn it around and remember your dream. Have you allowed any dreams to get buried in you? At one time, you believed you could do something great. You believed you could lead the company in sales. You believed you could break that addiction. It's been a long time, had some bad breaks. It wasn't all your fault. You could easily settle where you are. Nobody would fault you. The enemy would love to deceive you into burying your dream, thinking that it's never going to work out. Don't believe those lies. It's not too late to become all that you were created to be. Every time you remember your dream, you're removing some dirt. You're digging it back out. The true mark of a champion is even though some dirt gets thrown on your dream, instead of letting it get buried, you keep shaking it off. You keep moving forward. You wouldn't be having that opposition if you didn't have something great in you. If your dream wasn't alive and on track, right on schedule to come to pass, you wouldn't have so many things coming against you. That dream is still alive. You may have tried a year ago, five years ago, or 40 years ago. Didn't work out. Nobody was there to help you. Go back and try again. This is your time. This is your moment. Your destiny is calling out to you. Can I tell you? Your dream is not dead. It's just not in season. Your time is coming. Promotion is coming. Good breaks are coming. Promises you've been standing on. Dreams you've been praying about. Lack is not your destiny. Constantly struggling, barely getting by is not the end of your story. These light afflictions are for a moment. The adversity is temporary the glory is eternal. There are some dreams shut up in you. Like fire, you're going to feel your destiny calling out. May not have happened the first time. The loan didn't go through. 
You didn't get chosen for the part. The medical report wasn't good. That's okay. It's still in you. This is your time. This is your moment. Shake off the doubt. Shake off the negativity. You're at the right place. You're at the right time. Now all you've got to do is get in the right frame of mind. Lord, I believe this is my year to get healthy and whole. This is my year to meet the people of my dreams. This is my year to go further in my career, to step into a new level of my destiny. This is my year to accomplish dreams, to break free from this depression. This is my year to meet the right people. This is my year to get healthy and whole. This is your year to see double. This is your year for vindication, for restoration, for new beginnings. Now get your mind going in the right direction. New year, new me. New year, new me. It is not the movement of the clock that produces the newness of life. It is the movement in your mind. I'm going to tell you something that every successful person has to do, including you. Believe it or not, every successful person in this world has jumped. I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. You eventually, you are going to have to jump. You cannot just exist in this life. You have got to try to live. If you are waking up thinking that it's got to be more to your life than it is, man, believe that it is. Believe in your heart of hearts that it is. But to get to that life, you're going to have to jump. I'll tell you why I call it jumping. See, God, when he created all of us, he gave every last one of us a gift at birth. He never created a soul without endowing them with a gift. You just got to quit looking at gifts as running, jumping, singing, dancing. You've got to identify that gift. Now listen to me. When you see people in life, when you're standing on the cliff of life and you see people soaring by, when you see people soaring, going to exotic places, you hear about them doing wonderful things. Maybe you look up the street and your neighbor just gets a car every year, every two years. You know, how is he doing that? Have you ever thought, maybe this person right here has identified their gift and is living in their gift? Because your Bible says, this your Bible says, your gift will make room for you. Your gift, not your education. You go get an education, that's nice. But if you don't use your gift, that education only going to take you so far, man. I know a lot of people got degrees, man. They ain't even using them. It's your gift. But the only way for you to soar is you got to jump. Go into action with your dream. And don't avoid where the fights are. Get in the midst of the fight. And get some hickeys on your head. Get knocked down so you can learn how to fight so you can hold your position. See, most people don't get out in the arena of life because they don't want to fight. Most people don't get out there because they don't want to get knocked down. They don't want to be dropped to their knees. But see, you're going to be dropped whether you're on the field or whether or not you're sitting on the sidelines. You're going to be dropped. So at least get dropped for something. Don't get knocked down while you're sitting down. See, that's how most people are spectators in life. You don't want to be a spectator. You want to get out in the field where the action is. And you will be amazed. After the struggle, there will be a calm period and things will begin to click for you. 
Come out here with what you got. You don't have enough money? Don't worry about it. You got the dream. You got the idea. You don't have enough resources? Don't worry about it. You need some help? Don't worry about it. You get out here in the arena, someone will look at you and become inspired and say, Hey, can I help you? But if you're sitting up on the bleachers, nobody's going to ask you anything. You got to take that gift that's packed away on your back. You got to jump off that cliff and pull that cord. That gift opens up and provides the soil. If you don't ever use it, you're going to just go to work. And if you're getting up going to work on a job every day that you hate going to, that ain't living, man. You just existed. At one point in time, you ought to see what living's like. But the only way to see what living like, you got to jump. And here's the problem. Let me just be real with you. When you first jump, your parachute will not open right away. I'm sorry. I, I wish I could tell you it did, but it don't. When you jump, it's not going to open right away. You're going to hit them rocks. You're going to get some skin tore off on them cliffs. You're going to get some cuts on you. You're going to be bleeding pretty bad. But eventually, the parachute has to open. That is a promise of God. That ain't a theory. That's a promise. His promises is true. Because listen to me. You cannot name one single thing God has not gotten you through. And the living proof of it is you sitting in here. If he hadn't got you through it, you wouldn't even be here. So if he ain't never not got you through it, why would he not let your parachute open? He, it has to open, man. You got to jump, though. You can play it safe and deal without the cuts and the tears. And you can stand on that cliff of life forever safe. But if you don't jump, I got another promise I can make you. Your parachute will never open. You'll never know. You'll never know what God really has your Bible says that he comes to give you life and give you life more abundantly. If I were you, I would jump because that's the only way to get to that abundant life. You got to jump, man. You got to take a chance. Well, I got bills. Whether you stay on the cliff or you jump, you're going to have bills. Well, if I quit my job, I'm going to ruin my credit. If you got a job, you're living check to check. Even if you got A1 credit, you can't buy nothing else no damn way. At one point in time, man, do yourself a favor. Go see what God really do. God hold you up, man. He ain't gonna let you fall. He ain't bring you this far, let you fall. Do yourself a favor, man. Before you leave this world, before you die, jump. Just jump one time. You deserve to win. You deserve to have great things happen in your life. There was a point in time in your life when you were little where you knew you were gonna be somebody. Has there ever been anybody in your life who made you feel special like that? Like when you were a little boy or a little girl, maybe it was your grandmother, your mom, your dad, a school teacher, a coach. Is there somebody in your life, they just kind of knew there was something about you? I don't care who it was. Everybody does, by the way. The Lord sends all of us one. All of us in our life. If you haven't had them yet, they're going to arrive. You picture their face. Honor those people with your life. Because here's what happens. From when you were that little boy or that little girl, at some point you felt those feelings. Prove them right. Because there's an end of your life. And it's coming sooner than you think. It goes by like this. Just yesterday, she was eight months old. Now she's got a boyfriend. Just yesterday, I was a young, cool guy. Just yesterday, me and my girlfriend were walking on the beach. Someday I'm going to do that. It goes by in a flicker. Just like that. In a blink. I don't care how young you are, in a blink. And you best get in a damn hurry. Because you only got eight years of life, by the way. Just so you know. You only live eight years. Average person lives 78. You spend 28 of those years sleeping.
He spent 10 and a half to 12 of them working. You spend another three or four shopping, chores, internet, traffic, add it up, you get eight years. And you're not a newborn, so you got less than that. When I was a kid growing up, I don't know if you had this, my mom had the good china in a china cabinet. We had this furniture in the living room that was wrapped with cellophane that we weren't allowed to sit on until important people came over. Anybody have any of that in their house? We never got around to sitting on it. And it died and got stale and old and dated, and so do dreams. If you don't start getting after your dream, it'll get old and dated and stale because you keep wrapping it in cellophane. You keep waiting till you know a little more. Till I know a little more. If I just knew a little more, that's BS. You don't need to know a little more. You need to execute a little more. You need to get after it. You need to make some mistakes. Perfection is the lowest possible standard. Quit trying to be perfect. You got to get in a hurry. Time is running out. And at some point, it's going to be over. And you're going to run into that person. This was the man you were born to be. Your twin's going to be there. This is who you were born to be. These are the people you could have helped, the memories you could have had, the things you could have accomplished, how you could have felt about yourself, the things you'd have seen, done, and become. This is who you could have been. This is who I saw you to be. I couldn't say it. I didn't understand it, but I felt it. I knew you were going to be this person. Meet him. To me, heaven when we die is we meet that person we were capable of being, destined to be, and we're identical twins. Hell is you meet them and you're total strangers. My obsession in my life is when I meet that He's going to meet me and go, hey man, proud of you. Been watching you this whole time. Man, you did it. You got off track there for a while. It took you a little while. You're a late starter. But man, you did it. You accomplished it all. You did it all. You became the man you were born to be. I'm proud of you. And I'm going to say, brother, I've been chasing you all these years. I'm running down that guy. I'm running him down. Every decision I make when I'm down and lazy and depressed and bummed out like I've been this week, I don't do things based on how I feel. I do things based on who I am. And who I am is that guy. And every decision, that action, does it move me closer to being that man? Does it move you closer to being that woman? That's the barometer of how you think. That's the barometer of how you live your life. Does it move you closer to being that person? You knew at some point you were capable of being. They knew you were capable. And if they weren't there, I promise you, God in heaven knows who you're capable of being. You were put here to do something great with your life. You were put here to win, man. You were put here to help other people, to contribute in little ways and big ways. You may not be world famous, worth a hundred million dollars, but there's a destiny you're supposed to fulfill. There's people you're supposed to help. There's a difference you're supposed to make. Your life, your way, special to you. Not mine, not jets, not houses, not cars. Your precious life. Your beautiful life. Your soul. Your gifts, your difference. What if your destiny is to be that person I just described in someone else's life? I want you to win. Winning is not hundreds of millions of dollars, but you should go get some. There's nobody, nobody in the world has lied to me more than me. How many times do you tell yourself, it's going to be different this year? How many times have you started the diet saying, oh, this is my year. I'm going to start this year strong. I'm going to the gym. I'm going to eat right. Two weeks later, what'd you do? You lied to yourself. Real talk. Most of y'all are going to do a fucking thing. And you're going to be mad at me because I fucking said it. When in reality, you should be mad at yourself because two years ago you said shh. Last year you said shh. This year you're saying shh, and next year you're going to be saying the same shh. 
How about this for 2021? We look at ourselves in the mirror and we tell ourselves the truth. We look at our lives and we tell ourselves the truth. Truth is this, it's very simple. You're either doing it or you're not doing it. You've either been executing or you haven't been executing. You either are truly ready to make a fucking change or you're not. It doesn't matter how many fucking videos you watch. It doesn't matter how many courses you buy. It doesn't fucking matter. What matters is, is what you're going to do. You gotta make a decision that you are not gonna be like everybody else. You are not gonna live how they live. You are not gonna eat how they eat. You're not gonna drink how they drink. You're not gonna do the kind of work they can do. And then you've gotta go do that. And you've gotta do it one day at a time. When today? Then you wake up tomorrow and you do the same thing. Then you wake up on Wednesday and you do the same thing. Then you wake up on Thursday and you do the same thing. And when you get to the point where you're winning every day and it's automatic, guess what happens? Winning becomes not something that you aspire to do. Winning becomes who the you are. I am not phenomenally skilled, but I'm phenomenally will. My IQ may never change, but my will changes every year. I get stronger and stronger and more determined. Why? Because it's in my DNA. I want to be successful. I want to execute. I want to make all my dreams become a reality. I want to do everything I said I'm going to do. So my appetite increases. It gets stronger every year. I want more every year. I want to do more every year. I want to help more every year. I want to be bolder. I want to be better. I want to be stronger every single year. Every single year, your appetite should go up. You should never get settled. You should never get settled. You should never get content. Every single year. The waiting and the thinking and the planning, this stuff doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't move you forward. In fact, you're going backwards. You're going backwards because the world is moving forward. So if you're standing still, you're actually going backwards. So don't sit around and think about it anymore. Take action. I don't care how small it is. I don't care how minuscule the movement is, but make movement. Move forward and do that every single day, no matter what. Be what it is you claim to be about. Be what it is you truly want to be. If you truly want to be successful, if you truly want to change your life, if you truly want to lose 50, 100, 200, 500 fucking pounds, be about it today. This is not a year that you're going to be doing a lot of talking. This is the year for grinding. This is not the year of dreaming. We're not dreaming no more. We're not wishing no more. We're not watching other people ride the ride no more. We're not watching people cash checks no more. We're not doing that no more. This is our year. Today I need you to embrace what comes hard. Today I need you to accept the challenge. Today I need you to fall in love with the process. There will be plenty of opportunities to get discouraged, to lose your passion and think that it's not meant to be. But if you're going to reach your destiny, you have to have a made up mind. If you give up after the first time or the fifth time or the 30th time, what that really means is you didn't want it bad enough. There should be something you're believing for that you are relentless. You are not moved by how impossible it looks. You're not discouraged by how long it's taking. You don't give up because people told you no. Your attitude is, 
if I have to believe my whole life, I am not going to stop believing. I am not going to take no for an answer. I'm not going to settle for mediocrity. I'm going to keep pursuing what put in my heart. And ask yourself, what do I really want? What do I really want? And write it down. Writing causes thinking. Thinking creates an image. And you get these images going, you're building a vision in your mind. It's the visionaries that's changed the world. Think of that. But what keeps that competitive edge, what keeps you on top, is the ability to think and prepare mentally over and over and over again. The body has limitations, the mind does not. We focus so much on what goes on from the neck down that we forget it all starts from here. Everything starts from here. If you're not mentally ready, you're never really physically prepared. And that's where the preparation starts. What would your life be like as you look toward the future? If you decided, I'm not going to allow my fears to stop me. And I'm saying to you, whatever you gotta do, do it, because if you don't, life is gonna whoop you until you surrender. So when you're young and you make mistakes, don't let them eat you up. Because mm. everybody that done made it, done made them. You got to fail in order to win. Hey, look, man, to understand how to hit the game when it's shot, you got to miss the game when it's shot. You know, you got to be tough because the road to success is always under construction. It's never a clear path to success. The people who become successful are the people who have a relentless attitude. And you just got to hang in there through the bad breaks, because the bad breaks is coming, but they usually come right before the big break is about to happen. You get a series of bad breaks, and it stumbles up a lot of people. My life and my success is to say to anyone, you can stumble, you can fall, you can get back up again. No matter what you face, no matter how bad it is going to be, when there is a challenge, and by a challenge I mean anything in life, any, any challenge, anything that you're facing, the only way to overcome the challenges that you face is to start walking. Take that step every day, no matter what you are facing. Get up and start walking. I have the ability to see the end before the beginning even begins. And what that means is I know that to get to the very end, I can see it right now. So before I went to Bud's and I was losing all the weight and shit, I saw myself walking across the stage at 191 pounds. That's what I had to get to, to, to get into the door. I saw myself six months, a year later, whatever it's going to take me to do it. I saw myself walking across that stage, getting that certificate of graduation from Bud's. And I was able to be there at 300 pounds. And that feeling that I was nowhere near that 
feeling. I was able to put myself there a million times every day. And that feeling of like, my God, that is going to feel amazing. That's what made me suffer. That's what allowed the pain to be real and say, this is worth it. I want to feel for this next 18 months. It took me 18 months to finally become a Navy student, to finally you know, just get through butts. 18 months, it's six months, took me 18. That's what woke me up every morning was, I'm gonna put myself through this much pain and suffering for a few seconds. That's all it is. A few seconds of joy. And it's so worth it, man. I said, people don't get it. So I'm able to put myself at the finish line, even though I have no finish line, but at the finish line of an event before I even start the and say, how are you going to feel at the end of this? Visualizing is, is my biggest tool of life. That's why I, I, I've been able to put myself in cold water, put myself in a hundred mile race millions of times before I've done it. And I've been able to go through the race and see how I'm going to feel at mile 50. Almost to the, almost to the exact, exact feeling. Right, so when it comes up, it's no surprise. It's no surprise. I've already done this a million times. I recommended the last time I was here, the little book, Richest Man in Babylon, and I said, I've lectured now to over three million people. Guess how many have actually gone and got this little book? Answer, very few. My best guess is 10%. Such an easy thing to do. This little book, number one, is easy to find. Number two, it's easy to buy. The most you can pay for it, six, seven, eight dollars. You can borrow that from your kids. But if it's easy to find and easy to buy, and if it's easy to read, why wouldn't everybody go get it? We don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. Here's how profound it is. Some do and some don't. Now here's the numbers. About 10% do. We don't know the mystery of that. And I'm telling you, 10 years from now, those numbers will still be the same. The numbers don't change. Only the faces change. I used to belong to the 90% who couldn't be bothered even if it was easy. How many people have a library card? Answer, 3%. 97% couldn't be bothered. Guy specializes in happy hour, but he doesn't have a card. And now readily and quickly blames the government and blames his company and blames the pay scale. Here's my advice to you today. Walk away from the 97%. Don't talk like they talk. Don't go where they go. Don't act like they act. Don't specialize in what they specialize in. Throw away the blame list they cling to. You got to be consciously conscious today because your environment can hypnotize, mesmerize, and paralyze you. The other thing is take full responsibility for your life. Oscar Wilde once said, responsibility is what we expect from somebody else. This is very true. Most people dread accepting responsibility. That's just a fact of life. And we can see it in operation every day. We can see ourselves getting hot under the collar when the dentist keeps us waiting. And we're sitting there reading old magazines when our appointment was 30 minutes ago. And we don't stop to think that we forgot to mail in this month's mortgage payment. We can see ourselves growing angrier and angrier because a business contact is supposed to call at noon. And here it is almost two o'clock and the phone still refuses to ring. But we don't stop to think about the calls we ourselves have forgotten to return while we've been so busy fuming. We can see ourselves writing an angry letter 
to the airline because a flight was delayed, but we don't write an angry letter to ourselves when we're late for something, even though that might not be a bad idea at all. Yes, we can see avoidance of responsibility all the time in both our personal and professional lives. And here's something else we can see just as often. We can see that most people aren't as successful as they wish they were. Do you see there's a connection between these two very common phenomena? I certainly do. And by the end of this session, I hope you'll agree with me. I hope you'll understand that it's in your best interests to take responsibility for everything you do. But that's only the beginning. I'm also going to suggest that many times it's even best to accept responsibility for the mistakes of others, especially when you're in a managerial or leadership role. I can hear you saying, what? Accept responsibility for someone else's mess-ups? Why would I want to do something like that? Well, that's a fair enough question, and over the next few minutes I'll try to answer it. One of my weak points in my personal life is I don't like technical stuff. So even though I have to be on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, I don't care for that. So guess what? I find somebody who loves to do that. You know, I find somebody who has a strength where I have a weakness and I partner with them. All you're trying to do is get to the goal. No one gets there by themselves. Everybody needs help. Now, when you know what you got going for you, be confident, not cocky. Managing your strengths, knowing what they are, and don't let nobody talk you out of it. And that gets you fight ready. You get fight ready like that. You got to know you. Helps you develop your skills. All the while, you're developing your strength. It's, it's not, it, you just got to keep developing the strength. Don't let anybody talk you up. At the same time, you must work on improving your weaknesses. So I've had to, in spite of myself, get on Instagram, get on Twitter, get on Facebook. I got to do the videos whether I want to or not because the world is moving to social media. If I had as many followers as Kim Kardashian, I probably wouldn't even have to do this TV show. During the years when professional basketball was just beginning to become really popular, Bill Russell, who played center for the Boston Celtics, was one of the greatest players in the pro league. He was especially known for his rebounding and his defensive skills. But like a lot of very tall centers, Russell was never much of a free throw shooter. His free throw percentage was quite a bit below average, in fact. But this low percentage didn't really give a clear picture of Russell's ability as an athlete. And in one game, he gave a very convincing demonstration of this. It was the final game of a championship series between Boston and the Los Angeles Lakers. With about 12 seconds left to play, the Lakers were behind by one point, and Boston had the ball. It was obvious that the Lakers would have to foul one of Boston's players in order to get the ball back and they chose to foul Bill Russell. This was a perfectly logical choice since statistically, Russell was the worst free throw shooter on the court at that moment. If he missed the shot, the Lakers would probably get the ball back and they'd still have enough time to try to win the game. But if Russell made his first free throw, the Lakers chances would be seriously diminished. And if he made both shots, the game would essentially 
be over. Bill Russell had a very peculiar style of shooting free throws. Today, no self-respecting basketball player anywhere in America would attempt it. Aside from the question of whether it's an effective way to shoot a basket, it just looked too ridiculous. Whenever he had to shoot a free throw, the six-foot-eleven Russell would start off holding the ball in both hands about waist-high. Then he'd squat down, and as he straightened up, he'd let go of the ball. It looked like he was trying to throw a bucket of dirt over a wall. But regardless of how he looked, as soon as Bill Russell was fouled, he knew the Celtics were going to win the game. He was absolutely certain of it. Because in a situation like this, statistics and percentages mean nothing. There was a much more important factor at work, something that no one has found a way to express in numbers and decimal points. Simply put, Bill Russell was a player who wanted to take responsibility for the success or failure of his team. He wanted the weight on his shoulders in a situation like this. No possibility for excuses, no possibility of blaming anyone else if the game was lost, no second guessing. Bill Russell wanted the ball in his own hands and nobody else's. And like magic, even if he'd missed every free throw he'd ever shot in his life before this, he knew he was going to make this one. And that is exactly what happened. That is what virtually always happens when a man or woman accepts responsibility eagerly and with confidence.